0: Welcome to the Reach the Stars podcast, a collection of conversations with cool people who do cool things. Brought to you by Papercraft Miracles. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring stories of persistence, passion, and purpose. With your host, Jonna Willoughby Moore
1: everyone welcome to the reach to stars podcast i'm your host john and willoughby lore and today my guests are z and chad from wonder spark puppets they are super super awesome people very very creative amazing parents amazing people and i'm so happy to have them here on my show today yay hey. hi guys hi
2: thanks hi, for Hannah. having us
1: yeah
3: thanks so much uh
1: i I just have to put a little plug here that this show would not have been possible were it not for Chad's advice on uh, which camera I should get and which mic I should get and how I should learn how to record things and uh, (laughs) all sorts of other questions that I randomly Facebook messaged him in the middle of the night when I was trying to figure out how to do this. So um, thank you. There's a show now because of you. (laughs) Uh, I'm probably not the only one out there that has a show because of your advice. So.
2: Yeah, this is true. I was teaching streaming workshops uh, throughout the spring, like 12, 12 in a row, thanks to uh, uh, the Ibex Puppetry Company uh, throwing me a couple bucks and uh, aggregating a bunch of puppeteers over. It's been great and helping using my AV experience to help everybody uh, do their thing.
1: Well, it's was certainly appreciated on my end and I'm sure many other people, too. So before we get too crazy, can you guys tell everybody a little bit more about you, you and where you come from and what's your jam?
2: You can go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Well, we. Well, so I'm Chad. This is Z. We're married. We're puppeteers. I didn't. I didn't used to be a puppeteer. I married into the business. Uh, Z needed a hand. Uh, And I was a filmmaker. Uh, I was I was an AV tech, multimedia tech, a filmmaker uh, working in New York City and TV and film. And I found that theater, children's theater is much more rewarding. And um, being a mobile theater, uh, we come into a space, perform and leave. And I love that as like an introvert. I love that, like meeting people first time. Everybody's happy to see you. Everybody knows your name, <laughs> they pay you money, you do your thing and make you happy, them happy, and then you leave. And that's kind of been like our, our business model. And we've we kind of fall into the mobile puppet troops of You know like of history you know that have been like going on since the at least like the 1600s in our specific uh non-moving mouth hand puppetry style
3: yeah yeah um so i'm z and um people ask like is that your real name no but that's what everybody calls me um my real name's Lindsay, but please call me z um and i've been a puppeteer professionally since 2004 I knew I wanted to be a puppeteer since I was about 18 and or 17, actually. And um, I just kind of took my time <laughs> finding my way to uh, to getting there. Um, but then I ended up going to grad school for puppetry and um, was there for three years at the University of Connecticut. You don't have to go to school for puppetry, but it does help in that I learned a lot in a short amount of time. And then when I left, I made a promise to myself that if at If I absolutely um, would try my, I I made a promise to myself that I would try my hardest to always work in my profession. And um, I'm really happy to say that I have in a lot of different capacities. I've worked in stop motion animation. Um, I've worked as a puppet wrangler, as a puppet builder, and as a puppeteer. And a puppeteer for uh, live theater shows, for TV shows, for movies, pilots, um, all sorts of things. So it's just been a really wonderful uh, career for for me. Um, And uh, and then Chad unexpectedly uh, enjoyed it so much that um, he decided to come on over. Um, But actually, I shouldn't say unexpectedly because it's super fun. And if you're um, the type of person that likes a lot of different things, in the arts, you know, if you like building and you like performing and you like story crafting and all these things, then puppetry might be an aspect that you could look into because it really is uh, an amalgamation of all these different areas of the arts put together. And so we've had our puppetry company, Wonderspark Puppets, for a little over 10 years. And um, we perform shows all throughout New York City in all five boroughs. And we, we
2: like to say the uh, the Greater New York metropolitan area,
3: <laughs> yes.
2: which co- covers like a little creep around like New Jersey and Westchester and Connecticut. Uh, but thanks to the pandemic, we've been performing uh, for kids in California and Miami and Madrid and India and streaming our stuff throughout the world. So it's been mm-hmm. an unexpected kind of uh, an amazing thing.
3: Along with some uh, amazing uh, continuing relationships in the New York uh, and Connecticut and New Jersey areas as well mm-hmm. that we're really appreciative of. Um so that's just a little bit of background about us. Um, and then, um, you know, when I'm not working uh, with Wonderspark Puppets, I'm also the foundation manager for the Jim Henson Foundation, which is um, uh, the president of uh, the Jim Henson Foundation is Cheryl Henson, which is um, uh, she's a daughter of uh, Jim Henson. And we give grants to artists creating new works of live contemporary puppet theater so, if you know anybody creating a new show and it's a piece of puppet theater, uh, you should check out hencefoundation.org and maybe apply for a grant. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's it. Stop talking. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, I just I love that the two of you have all these different creative endeavors and different things, and you're like, you know, I think we should do this. And there's so many artists out there who like myself too who have all these different creative outlets and you're like how do I make something out of all of this instead of oh well I have to only do this one thing because that other thing doesn't work as well or doesn't pay the bills or something like that and I like that you've like been able to put together like the filmmaking and like put it all together into putting on these puppetry shows and then figuring out a way to monetize them uh in a way that supports your family, which is so dope. <laughs> like artists that uh actually make money is always makes me happy to even see that happening Absolutely. like
2: ever. It was a bit of a of a learning curve come coming in. Uh but the the, the big question of twenty twenty for all these established puppeteers was okay, we figured out what we can charge in our region, right? For like a live performing show like you got your your you know tr- your your travel built like built in like workshops. Okay, like you got like all your little like uh, like microtransactions added on like here or there, like, oh, maybe I'm gonna sell something afterwards. Some puppeteers um, sell books or puppets or uh, like anything to just kind of like sweeten the deal or or uh, do multiples uh, like multiple venues maybe get a discount so everybody had figured out that part of their business model and then when we were all forced to stop streaming live or stop performing and start streaming it kind of threw everybody for a loop of a lot, like okay what do we charge now and what will people pay for and that was the what, what I think our we we have an agent, the amazing Christine Cox who is um an incredible producer uh, her question, too, in, in the in the agent world is nobody knows what to charge and nobody knows what people will still pay for because it's a different medium. Uh, you can't say like you like your travel costs are gone out the window. Right. It's not live. It's you're performing on a screen. So it doesn't feel the same exact way. You know, you can people in their homes, which is a little bit different and and good. like that's like a positive but um, so generally across the board, anecdotally, because we've talked, I've talked to a lot of puppeteers how to teach them how to stream. Uh, it's like generally everyone's like, okay, all right, what you used to charge way up here, <laughs> and then what you can get away with charging for streaming way down here. We're not charge. We're you're still charging something because you still have to make a living, right? Especially in America, mm-hmm. uh, where we don't get like a lot of art support from our government um so it's kind of been like this struggle of like figuring out like, like what do we do now in terms of like mm-hmm. money um but i'm happy to i'm happy to report that uh, us and a lot of other different puppetry companies uh made the plunge figured out the technology figured out the streaming technology within the software which is you know its own hard loop as a john i'm sure you, you were well aware of yeah and now we're going into 2021 all on the same playing field on the same level like okay let's do this we got this we went through this insane time of 2020 figuring out all this stuff now we know what to charge you know we know people in our region or around the world like 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 the the money streaming thing so uh, we're feeling confidence going into the new year feeling like okay we've we've done this you know we're experts maybe (laughs) (laughs) you know what do you got 2021 because we we've been through it
1: yeah yeah it's certainly been crazy for me and my business too, especially because pre-COVID, I would say probably 65, 70% of my business was all weddings and events. And then it was like, oh, and there's none. So um, it was kind of a immediate pivot, like, well, shit, now what? <laughs> like, right. What do I do to like fill all that huge gap in, um, in orders? And I just, I ended up really pivoting back to what my roots were when I first started doing this in the first place was like making really special things for people to help them connect to people that they love. And I was like, well, that's my jam. And everyone is feeling super far away from everyone else. So, uh, I'm just going to try and be in that spot in the market. And it worked really, really well. And oh, that's
3: great.
1: So far, that's- so good.
3: It's, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: surprisingly been our best year ever by far oh my gosh amazing amazing
3: yeah you totally made lemonade you know yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) and you know it it was nice to be able to kind of get back to you know the reason that I was doing it in the first place and think about a lot of that stuff too it's like I started this business Mm -hmm. right as my you know my mom had died and my dorm burned to the ground with all my stuff in it and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my college major and how I was going to start a business and what I was going to call it. And I ended up making all these artist books to like deal with all this trauma that was happening to me. And it gave me a way to like share this really difficult, sad experience with other people in a way that didn't make them feel like crap or make them feel awkward. They were like, this is great. I can like connect with you and and sort of like be a part of that and, and not feel super awkward. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, I want to do that for other people too. So yeah, it's just, it was nice to kind of be reminded of that and how important it is to connect with people with the arts that way. And that it can, in these, so many of these situations where um, I've seen, I saw this meme the other day that said everyone out there needs more than anyone else can give. (laughs) I was like, yes, exactly. So um, it's nice to kind of, when people are feeling that way, like I, I want to reach out to somebody and let them know that like, I'm here for you, but I got no spoons. <laughs> but, like we can make something. That's yeah. like, here you go. Like this will tide us over until we all have some spoons again. And
3: it's nice. I know. I totally get that so much, so much. I I, I feel like for us, March, April, and May were the hardest um, in so many different capacities. And I think that that might be true for a, a lot of people in in the arts. Um, but I, I don't know. It de- maybe it also depends on your region of the country and of the world, you know, how uh, the virus was affecting um, your part of the world. For <laughs> us, being in New York City, um, at the end of February, at the very beginning of March, I knew that something was going to happen. And I had said to Chad, we need to get ready because um, it's going to get really bad. And Chad was usually like a really calm person was kind of like, all right, so your role, you know, it's like you've been watching too much news. And I said, you know what? I never watch the news, and you know I don't. But here's all he, I, I, I looked into this and I, I, and I, I think that we need to be prepared. And it would make me feel a lot more calm if we could just be prepared, <laughs> you know, in that way. If we, what, if and when I, what,
2: what, And when your spouse says, and it would make me feel better and I would love you more <laughs> if you just let me have this <laughs> you say yes okay yeah. go ahead buy all the toilet paper
3: and so no I, I mean so yeah, like the next couple of days, Chad would when when he went out to get a couple of things, like he'd also get like six boxes of macaroni and cheese and like a thing of ramen, and you know, and he sent me a picture the first day he did it while I was at work, and I wrote him back and I said I feel seen, and so and I you know I kept trying to talk to people to say like, and I for your listeners who have never met me, I'm one of the most optimistic people you will ever meet. I believe in the good of humanity and the. That everything's gonna turn out okay. So it is very weird for me to be like, things are dire when nothing was dire at that moment. And there was no messaging of things being dire. And, and so I was trying to talk to other people and say, listen, I really think that you guys need to get prepared. Like we just bought his and hers NyQuil and DayQuil's because I think that maybe there won't be enough medicine at the, at the store. And people were looking at me like crazy. And I'm not saying all of this to be like, I was right. But also at the <laughs> same, time, like but, right. like, <laughs> well, but, but I am saying this to, to, to help people to understand so that, when things went down on March 13th and it became very evident that everything was going to be really bad for at least a while. When we started on the week of March 17th, um, you know, uh, it was Tuesday, Tuesday, March 17th was when we started streaming and doing workshops. And then that Friday was when we did our first um, live free on Facebook streamed show. Um, The reason that we were able to, as they were saying at the time, pivot so fast is because uh, on the 13th, that whole weekend, uh, we were planning and I, I, Chad came in, he said, everything's getting canceled. What do we do? All of our shows, everything from March, April, May, it's all getting canceled. And I said, nothing is going to happen probably for a year. So we need to plan right now for the to, to only perform online and we need to make it that we are the ones who, who, who can do that, that we can provide a service and we need to stay relevant and we need to be able to, you know, tap into what the collective vibe is. And that vibe was, I don't know what to do with my kids right now because everybody was freaking out because all of a sudden schools were closed and nobody had a plan. And what do I do with my kids? And is everybody going to be OK? And are people dying? I don't know. And so what we... We were able to provide... It also for ourselves too was a sense of joy a sense of normalcy and a sense of consistency for many months um that we would be here and that we could be your go-to spot for joy and whimsy and love and laughter and we were able to provide that for so many families and for so many kids um throughout those months and going into the summer as well
2: march Mar- march through uh through august mm-hmm. we streamed so un- until and and uh through, through the summer, as as your listeners may know, because we all lived through this together, uh, it was crazy, and you didn't. It, we we were in Queens in the middle of the. Now it seems like nothing at all. Like to lose twenty thousand people in a in a month seems like oh whatever, right? But it was it was like unheard of, and we everyone was we were just scared to death to leave our apartment for anything anything at all. And if you got groceries delivered. You know, it was like you had to hose it down with alcohol swabs and wipes and everything. So uh, we we used what we have. And thankfully, the type of puppetry that we do works really well with this kind of screen. Mm -hmm. If uh, my mentor, Wawa, does these huge shows, big onstage shows with tons of different puppeteers and Mm -hmm. dancers and stuff. And her stuff will never translate onto this little screen outside of just, you know, like showing a video. Mm -hmm. Um, but we can do live shows because our booth is basically a rectangle, right? So we were one of the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. We had the equipment because we're filmmakers. Mm -hmm. You know, we had the know-how and we could pivot early. And then once we had our consistent schedule up, then we started to tell everybody, okay, this is what you need to do. We partnered with Ibex uh, Puppetry, Heather Henson's company, to teach streaming workshops and like hundreds and hundreds of puppeteers showed up. You know, and and it just became this thing of just like, or right, once you get a leg up, you got to help the next guy up. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. If that's
3: Send it. the elevator back down. There so you go. That, yeah. So that somebody else can come back up. Yeah. yeah. So
2: we 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 definitely had an advantage coming in because we had the know how to stream mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at, at the same time, we we're so sad that early on because of the how tough it is, Jonna, you know, this to figure out like streaming software And sometimes it just doesn't work. (laughs) Like even today, setting up for this was like, why does my audio sound so terrible? (laughs) Trying to connect to Zoom. Zoom Yep, exactly. Just like I just turn it off, turn it on, you know, it just seemed to work. But like (laughs) so many of our peers gave up Mm. early on the first month. Everyone was like, okay, let's try this thing. Let's go. Uh, let's stream puppet shows. And sometimes you just can't get it to work no matter what. So mm-hmm. many of our contemporaries uh, just gave up and were like, I'm just going to file for unemployments," you know, and and just you know, hunker down. But I'm so happy for all the all the ones that kept with it, stuck with it that are still streaming to this day.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when this is over, I think people will um, reflect back on um, who, who they continued to have connections with or who they made connections with during this time to help them through. And, um, I would like to think that for a lot of families, especially in those early months, that we were a touchstone for a lot of people. And also, it was a sense of um, stability for our family as well, even though it was crazy. I mean, we were doing um, one free workshop every single day. We were home, trying to homeschool our kids and we were performing shows out of our apartment. And you uh, know,
2: out of our tiny, tiny, tiny two bedroom <laughs> Queen's apartment where where the stage takes up all the free space in one room.
3: (laughs) It's just (laughs) comical. And right before the show would start, we would tell the boys we have two uh, boys ages um, five and seven. And at that time, they were ages um, four and Uh, seven right yeah yeah
2: barely seven
3: yeah so um we would say okay uh daddy's about to perform in five minutes so everybody go to the bathroom get your (laughs) flushes out now and then you have to go in the other room and you can watch something with headphones on and then you have to be silent no laughing (laughs) because it's such a small apartment and the cat we'd be like cat you need to like go nap usually she was good so um I mean, it's just all these things that you had to be thinking about. And we kept trying different spots in the apartment for the stage. And we finally found like a, a spot where like if the sun was really bright, it wasn't going to mess up the, the lighting and everything. But, so
2: so I have a question. OK. And, and John, I mean, this this could be for you, too. So have you and maybe listeners, maybe this is food for thought. Right. But like so we all went through a very traumatic time. Oh, everybody has a story, right? It's just like Nanoletta. Everybody has a story. Where were you, you know, March 2020, etc.? Have you processed your trauma yet? Have you have you come through to the other side? Have you found what works for you and are you sticking with it?
1: Um I it's funny because fairly early in the pandemic, I um I took one of those personality tests the like personality behavior type, the Enneagram test and uh, not surprising. I'm a seven, the enthusiast. And it gave me all these insights into like what my personality type does when I'm stressed and like my personality type will do anything at all to avoid feeling pain, fear, and loss, like whatever. I will, I will distract myself in any number of ways. Um, so when I am stressed out and afraid about things, I will start many, many, many new projects and continuously look forward to the future and, and just start doing stuff because it might turn into something cool. And um, for those of you who don't know, the reason that we all know each other uh, is because they went to college with my husband and, and, he is a five in the enneagram, and he is the ultimate planner. And he needs to have all his ducks in a row. <laughs> I know you guys are laughing because you know him, the,
2: but the, no, the, of, and that's the, 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 also that's, us. Our that's too. also
1: us too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he, he needs to have like if I don't have all my materials and all the funding and the emotional <laughs> energy and the time to complete something, I'm not going to start doing it. Cause he's like, I can't get into it. If, if I, I don't have like the, the right resources to, to bring it to fruition. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, cool idea. Let's see what happens. And it, like the way that my stress response is is to just take more on and his is like, shut it all out. I got nothing. So um, it, the whole pandemic has just really taught both of us a lot about the type of people that we are and me being a total extrovert it's been really, really, really hard for me to be stuck at home uh, with him, who's a total introvert and could be like happy as hell if he talked to like four people in a year. And like, especially if one of them was not me. <laughs> like, so <laughs> um, it's I have spent a lot of time on Zoom doing like poetry readings with other extroverted poets that I know and, and just whatever I can do to sort of feel still in, involved in a creative community that's not just me and my couple of staff at my studio and I couldn't even have staff at my studio for the first couple months anyway. And it was, I don't know. I mean, being totally immersed in my work has certainly made me feel awesome. Uh, which I'm really glad to have a, have work that makes me feel awesome. Um, have a studio that's in my house. So I didn't have to go anywhere to go to work. And the first month he was laid off um, and since he technically owns a business, we weren't even sure if he was going to be able to qualify and get any unemployment. Cause he'd never had before. And my assistant, that who was working with me in the beginning of the pandemic, she got another job pretty much like immediately doing online course coordination for a college. And I was like, talk about job security. You go take that job. (laughs) I definitely cannot give you that kind of salary or that kind of job security much as I want to. And so for the first at least month and a half, I was back to like me running my business by myself with no staff at all and we got really busy cuz all the flower shops were closed and we made paper flowers and people were having funerals with a couple of people and saying like, we can't, there aren't even any flowers at Wegmans. Like we can't get flowers anywhere. They're all done. And mm-hmm. any of the flower shops that were still open with like really minimal staff, it was usually like one, maybe two people there. They weren't trying to go buy a ton of fresh flowers. Cause they were like, I don't know if we have enough staff to like put them together to sell them to people or if people are going to buy them. And with fresh flowers, like they can't just keep them around indefinitely hoping people are going to buy them. So um, most of them were just closed. And so I literally had blisters on my fingers from making funeral flowers in March and April. It was insane. Wow. Like by myself, I was working, you know, he was hanging out with the kids, and my stepmom was coming over to watch the kids. So he he actually had it pretty good, you know. He's like, once he started getting unemployment, he was working on the building, he had child care, and I was just working all day. I was like, You got it easy, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was working really late. I was working probably till 1230, one o'clock, two in the morning, like almost every day. (laughs) I lost like 20 pounds. I was not eating a lot because I was just working my face off. And um, I felt really good about it because I like to be that kind of worker. (laughs) It makes me feel fulfilled to be under pressure like that if it's something that's like I know that I can come up with something and, and deliver something to somebody on time. That's going to make them happy and make them feel good about whatever their situation is. And so I didn't, I didn't mind doing that. And I was glad to fill a need for people. Um, And to do that with something that I love was like, what, what else is there in the world than to like, know that the thing that makes you really, really super happy more than anything else is um, also useful for other people. Even in a pandemic that like, you know, fancy schmancy handmade art is still necessary in a pandemic. Like people like I need that in my life. Um, Yeah. So I did a lot of a lot of work. I did a lot of working.
3: Um,
1: And it's just been crazy. I was also there was just a ton of things that I had that were on my someday I'm going to get to that list. Like upgrading all of the shipping estimation capabilities on my website and making sure that all the stuff I had for sale was actually had pictures taken and was uploaded on the website so people could actually buy it and you know figuring out a way your, to ship
2: um, what was what was your solution for that because that that came up uh, online yesterday was somebody was like, okay, what do I use for for uh, shipping estimation? And everybody had a bunch of different answers.
1: Um, so my website is on Squarespace and they do have some shipping stuff like built into it. And I have, um, I had been like avoiding upgrading to the highest level of the commerce that would do the shipping thing mm-hmm. uh, better. And I have tried to say like, okay, well if you order this, then like, this is the shipping. If you, or I had like individual shipping prices on each item that I put there and it, would make it really weird if somebody was buying like a package of stationery and something that couldn't ship flat. And it's like the shipping would be like $75 for like two items because it would think that I have to ship them in like two totally different boxes because it's like my shipping estimates were not understanding that you could put both of those in the same box. So, Um, I just bit the bullet and I was like, you know, people are going to be buying stuff on my website and that is going to be a thing. I'm not going to be doing craft shows like that's where people are going to go. And so I upgraded to the highest level of it. And I took all the effort and I weighed all the items in my studio. I had like a food scale. Not even a good postal scale, but like a crappy food scale. But I weighed everything and I measured everything. And it took a couple of days to like really do it all properly and list it all on the site. But I've actually had more sales through my website since March than I did between 2016 and March.
3: Amazing. Amazing. That's a testament to self-investment, you know, to mm-hmm. um, to taking the moment that and saying, you know what? Um, now is the time to jump in and to, um, to, to say that I'm worth it and that this is, this is important enough that, um, it's going to take everything to the next level, even if it's more work right now. Mm -hmm. So good for you. That's great.
1: A lot of that, like, even if it's more work right now, it's worth it this year for sure. Um, I got involved with this organization called shift co that it's an international organization for conscious companies. And it's like you pay monthly to be in it. And then there's, um, curated coaching, business coaching. That's like specifically designed for whatever level you're at in your business and what you really need to focus on most. Mm -hmm. And you meet with a mentor that helps you kind of decipher what thing you really like, if you work real hard on this aspect, you will get to the level that you want to get to. And So I signed up to do that and the first thing that they did was this what if up brainstorming session with a bunch of the other members to help people figure out how they could pivot their businesses to where people would need them like what what things do you do and how can we come up with ideas that you could use those skills to provide a service for people who need them. And that's how somebody came up with like, Hey, what about flowers for funerals? And I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. So I started like contacting all these funeral homes and like letting people know, like if there's people who need flowers and they can't find them, like send them over to me and stuff like that. So um, that was really helpful. so I've been doing their coaching programs and working really hard on getting authentic demand for my brand. Um, that's not me outselling pe- to people, but me providing help to people and information and like networking when the ways you can during the pandemic and stuff like that. And then figuring out ways to to get your name out there so when people are like hey, I need something for this, somebody else is going to be like, oh, I know somebody, this chick, and they'll tag you in posts and things like that. So, I did a bunch of that stuff and then I did a, a course on differentiation and like figuring out exactly what my business does that nobody else does. Mm-hmm. And that's where it like it was just so great to really get back into like the heart of why I wanted to do this when I was 19 in the first place.
0: It's amazing. And
1: I was like, man, That's so awesome. And like, you know, sure, we'll keep doing weddings and events when they start happening in the future. But uh, I've definitely like my jam is being able to kind of talk to somebody for 15 minutes and find out how I can take a story from them about the person they want to give something to. I can make something that as soon as the person sees it, they're going to know exactly who it's from. They're going to know what it means. And they're going to be like, wow, that's awesome. And that's my jam. And so it's cool. To, I don't know. going kind to of get back to that and just see like, it's so special. And yeah. I love doing that. Like, that's my, <laughs> that's my ideal customer is like doing things like that for people. So it's been really cool to find, I don't know, get back to the, the fun value of doing that. So.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. I don't
1: know if that really answers your question, but
2: um. <laughs> you know, it's. It, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, this isn't a quiz or a test. Yeah,
3: there's no right answer. You know, it's. It's something that
2: that um, one one of our friends, uh, Lindsay Abraham Smith, mm-hmm. said early on that really resonated with me. She she um she did a few a few times where she uh, got gathered her thoughts and gave like a 60 minute kind of like a sermon <laughs> on YouTube and talked about like the trauma of what we're. Living through, I mean, we were um, uh, like I'm, I'm trying not to focus on how crazy things were because, uh, like, we lost uh, one of we lost one of our neighbors. Uh, this mother died. You know, this mother with this little girl who goes to the school across the street. You know, uh, like the weekend of Mother's Day, it was like everyone in this country is going to have somebody they know personally who has died. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I feel like we started out as like, okay, how can we be a service to people? But, um, we also kind of figured out like when school came back into session in the fall, we're like, okay, and nobody needs this anymore. (laughs) Now we're going to, we're going to step back. It's okay to like step back and be like think about like our now what can we do now and take some minutes because we're we're seeing like our we're offering these free shows for months uh every single week and like all this free stuff and all this interest in our brain we're sowing the seeds for tomorrow right but at some point you gotta if it's not working out you gotta like pivot 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 figure out figure out so now we're kind of um We've gone from offering all this free content over the summer when people really needed it to we're back to kind of like um, just reaching out to uh, organizations, mm-hmm. you know, uh, birthday parties, <laughs> schools, libraries. We'll take streaming and Chabad's like the Jewish community uh, mm-hmm. who in the f- summer and fall, were are like, where are you guys? Where's our people? <laughs> Nobody wanted to stream a show. Now everybody's down to stream a show. So I feel like knowing when to like stop and reassess and then pivot. I feel like out of anything has been one of the, one of the big learning things of this whole, this whole crazy moment of history.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I would just say, uh, I mean, Chad gets to do Wonderspark full time. So that's like a gift in a sense. (laughs) Um, I have a lot of jobs and um uh, and I feel like the thing that I, it's like my life's work will be how to uh, channel the enthusiast uh, personality that you and I both share, but then also um, be uh, kind. <laughs> to myself and and let myself uh, uh, plan things in a sense that are um, achievable <laughs> and, and 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 actually finish some finish things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, I'm in a place right now where that feels really possible. I think that also the DIY workshops where everything was live, because at first people were on the fence in March and April do we pre-record and then share things or do we do it live? And I had said to Chad live, it all should be live, live all the time, as much as possible, live, live, live. And, uh, and I didn't even have like a full, really good reason for it that I could verbally explain. I just knew that that was who we were as a brand that we're live performers. And, um, and we didn't start with the live show uh, like a, the live puppet show, we started, um, March 17th that week on a Tuesday with the DIY workshops. And, and then we built up to live shows every Friday. And what was nice about the DIY workshops was, um, that, it, once uh once we were done with the workshop like it was done <laughs> like it was a completed thing so each time we did a DIY workshop and we live streamed it was like oh you completed something you know and it was like a momentum that was building and and also the sense of normalcy uh even though it was crazy it was like well we had a schedule and we also had performing partners that um would that we hired to do the day certain days of the workshops and we did a hundred days of workshops straight um, in the pandemic. And, you know, I just have this memory when you talk about trauma and like how you've dealt with your trauma. I don't know when I'm going to actually deal with all of it. I think I'm just constantly dealing with it. And also just like being here, which we're not in New York City now. We we um, we left New York City temporarily um, uh, on June 1st, came out and are living with Chad's parents in Western New York, which has been uh, wonderful. And we're super thankful. But there's also the stress of, um, you know, not being in your own home. And I think that there's just like a constant dealing of of everything. And when I think back now to those first three months of living through all that in New York city, it feels like another life. And then anything pre pandemic feels like a totally other life. Mm -hmm. Like, like I feel so separated from my New York city life. And then also from anything before March 13th, I feel so separated from that right now. So I'm really looking forward to getting back to that.
2: Are you, are you going to, um, once, once we're back in the mm-hmm. apartments, you know, and everything's normal and we've settled and the kids have new bunk beds because they grew <laughs> out of their crib beds. Uh, I, are you going to have a moment where you like wake up in the middle of the night you're like, ooh, and look around and it will be, like, be like if nothing have changed, like everything was back the way it was. And was it all a dream?
3: No, I don't <laughs> think so. I mean, what's strange about being out here is that every morning that I wake up, I have to remind myself what's happening. And I've been out here so long, you would think that I wouldn't have to do that. But I do every single morning, wake up. And then the first thing I do is say, where am I? What's happening? There's a pandemic. Your kids are OK. Here we go. And then I have to convince myself to get out of bed. So um oh,
2: I had no idea. <laughs> See, this is great. We're 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 uh we're breaking through. Right now. Wow. Yeah, meanwhile, crazy. I, I
3: wake up in the
1: morning when the kids force me to wake up, uh, because there's no way that I'm going to get out of bed until they make me. Um, and even then, you know, like I'm like you guys, you guys can eat cereal bars. Cool. (laughs) You can get a yogurt out. Cool. Like you're old enough to do that. Awesome. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's pre pandemic. I could go to sleep whenever I want to like, you know, obviously within reason, but like, you know, I'd be, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to go to bed now. And I would go and lie down and go to sleep. But now that is a thing of the past and it's, (sighs) my brain just will not shut the hell up ever. Mm, And so I have to be like completely and totally exhausted before I'm going to go to sleep. So I'm like up working. I'm like, well, if I'm going to be up anyway, I might as well go work. So I'm in my office after the kids go to sleep till like one 2 o'clock. And then I'll just be like reading on my phone until I'm like about to drop it on the floor Then I'm like, okay, maybe now I can go to sleep for like five hours and then get up and do virtual school, which is so my favorite thing ever. <laughs> no. yeah.
2: Do your kids go to go to a public school.
1: Uh yeah, Vern goes to public school. Um, but all the schools are public schools in Buffalo are closed right. especially mm-hmm. for in-person learning until maybe February first. We'll see. Right. Okay, uh, they okay. they're supposed to start back two days a week in the actual building in February. So.
2: Mm-hmm. Were there any, our, our our school, our micro school had like one, one incident where a kid uh, contracted COVID, they say like outside of the school system, but then we realized, oh, wait a second, we have a preschooler who tests who, who is positive and like, and we, and we had to like freak out about that for a second for the kids who went, who were doing in school. Uh, Did your did the Buffalo Public School System have a moment like that where a pod or a class or something was like you know they had to shut it down or you know everybody out anything Um, like
1: that? Well, I mean the Buffalo Public Schools have been closed for in-person learning since March. Oh wow! Like when all the other schools in the other counties were opening and like having kids in the school, the Buffalo Public Schools were like, we have way too many students who need to be transported on a school bus. Like there's no way that like they could make it fair for parents who didn't have transportation and to get kids to and from school safely. Like they were just like, we don't have the infrastructure for that. They already didn't have enough school buses and bus aides and bus drivers for the kids who were going to school before the pandemic. I
0: mean,
1: you know, so they were like, there's no way that we can cut the amount of kids in half that are on a bus and still manage to get all the kids to school. So they like couldn't figure it out. <laughs> it's totally fine if they want to come on. It's a it's a laid back. You want to come? You came.
2: And, you came in. You might you as well come, come over. On the <laughs> like, no, I don't
1: want to. <laughs> you got
2: an invader.
3: <laughs> this is what's, what's up, bud. Finn? Finn. Finn. It's been a
2: while since you've seen. How old are you? Jonna.
3: Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vernon's Jonah five is, is upstairs. Bern. Vernon and Thurgood's mom. Remember when we would go to Buffalo and play at their house in the driveway outside? <laughs> a little bit.
2: They have really cool toys. Mm-hmm. Really, and really a drum
3: cool set toys. in their house. Way Too many toys
1: at this point. Remember?
3: The drum set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Good to see you. Love you. Oh,
1: man, it, it's just—it has been really crazy. <laughs> that. uh well, they are not play with me. You got okay. It. <laughs> <It's> just. <laughs> I never wanted to be a homeschooling parent like never never Mm -hmm. and the times that I was teaching in schools doing teaching artist stuff um I mean I never even had to give out grades and one day of working with kids all day and I was like done like I could do it one day a week and I'd be like I need a nap like I can't I don't know I don't know what it is about just being around kids in general but like little babies not a problem I'll, I'll chill with a little baby all day but like kids steal my energy like instantaneously and so i was like there's no way that i could be planning lessons and then you know like making kids actually do them and still maintain my sanity as a person and so once they were like yeah and now you're gonna be doing like virtual school and i'm like "Vern's five so he's not gonna sit he's not going to sit at the kitchen table and pay attention to his zoom class without me sitting right there with him and making him do what he's supposed to be doing so at least you know it's easier now that the teacher is there on the ipad and like making him do stuff and they have you know books that they sent home that you know they're like we're on page 25 and he's actually like doing the things on paper it's not all like computerized but um, it's certainly easier doing that than it was when they just sent home a packet of stuff for him to do. And I was just supposed to like, make him do a certain amount of it every day. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not happening. Like <laughs> my kid is going to watch a lot of TV and that's what's <laughs> happening because I cannot keep running my business full-time with very little yeah. childcare care and doing that at the same time. But I know, I know. once I started the official, you know, in-person via virtual school, I my stepmom was watching. She watches the kids for us four days a week, which is amazing. Like couldn't be doing any of this without her, but she doesn't want to do school with him, which I get. So normally when she's here, I get 32 hours a week to do any work where we have childcare. And now there's at least 12 of those hours that I have to sit at the table and do school with him.
3: I completely so, relate to that completely. That is my mother-in-law as well. Um, she will do school with them when they're not doing the virtual learning, um, because she was a kindergarten teacher for most of her life, but she just doesn't want any part of the computer or the virtual learning at all. Um, and so, um, most of the days in the mornings I'm sitting at the table with the boys and we have two boys who are virtual learning at the same time in the same pod, but at different levels because I have a second grader and a kindergartner. So, um, I mean, it is, it has been a challenge, but I, you know, I, I, and I wrote this in an email to somebody today. I, I feel like we have continued to try to do the best and make the best of the situation every step of the way. And, you know, I hope that we'll all look back on this and feel like, you know, we, we did the best we could and everybody got through it. Okay. Um, and it's, it is definitely way better being here, um, for our family than it was being in New York city. Um, and even though we miss New York city terribly and, um, you know, so many of our friends are, are in New York city and, and our life is in New York city, um, just in terms of stability, work, our stress level, and, um, just what, what we were able to, uh, to actually do work-wise, it made so much more sense for us to come out here.
2: Um, and we want to we want to thank the Springville Center for Arts.
3: Yes, and Springville for, Center for the Arts.
2: So check so it out. Know the. Oh, I, 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 did I, I
3: it's not Springville Center for the Arts.
2: That's correct. Oh, I just I just found out this recently. It's Springville Center for Arts, and Tracy said, "I know." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tracy, who is our main our main contact, is amazing woman. Uh, We we started a a residency in one of their buildings because one of the great things that they've done is taken over several buildings and repurposed church. Uh, repurposed a, a karate dojo. <laughs> they, they got all these little spaces, and now they've turned this abandoned uh, building into like a bakery and an arts cafe, and they got it going on. It's awesome. So, we have been in this space broadcasting. We turned this abandoned, moldy st- uh, office closets <laughs> space. No, it's true. And they will be the first ones to tell you that it was into a streaming studio. We've been there in this continuing awesome residency. Mm-hmm. So, Thanks. Yeah. SCA and, and Seth and Tracy and all the all the amazing people who make mm-hmm. it happen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Thank you to them, because uh, when we first came out here to your parents house, they didn't have the Internet at their house. So, how are we going to be able to work? Like the kids could play in the forest and play outside and we didn't have to worry about things because you have to understand that even for us to take out the garbage from our apartment, we had to wear a mask just to leave the door and go out into the hallway to take out the garbage. And I mean, it's like that the stress level was just so high for so long and I think that you know, friends of mine who have stayed have told me that right around the time that we left is when things really started to get better. Mm-hmm. But we, when we, when we left, it was like at the at the end of like things being just so hard. You know, mm-hmm. it was springtime.
2: I mean, there were there was there was like a big protest uh, and arrests and like
3: the day we left.
2: The day the day we left was the day that the that the Black Lives Matter protest were exploding yeah um we were like oh no we want to oh g- goodbye i guess you eh, know so we sorry like, we'd we, 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 we be out there in our <laughs> we, masks right we, now we
3: have we, we we've been fighting for that cause for a long time right but it, we just yeah
2: so so we brought it we brought it to springville which was interesting it's own interesting yeah, thing we,
3: we were part of a protest here in the tiny village of springville and that was great and um you know, we've, we've been continuing to do what we can to, um, I don't know, to just, to just live, (laughs) we're just trying to live, but also to, to bring some joy to people too. And then in the midst of all of this too, I got to work on Sesame street, um, as well. So, and that was crazy. You're like,
1: (laughs) I'm just going to throw this out there. Like, by the way, I'm on Sesame street. (laughs) What? (laughs) Tell us more about this.
3: (laughs) Well, um, you know the I mean the thing with entertainment and stuff was you, you audition for something and then you don't hear about it for months and so last November so November 2019 I auditioned for a part for a, a possible podcast that they were thinking about putting together but then I didn't hear anything for months and then um, sometime in the spring, they followed up and said, um, we would like to um, hear a little bit more from you. Can you take these notes and retry again and send us some more clips? So I did that. Then you don't hear anything again for months. You just have to keep living your life and hoping that somebody liked it. And then um, one day I found out, Uh, I got the good news that I had gotten the part and the part, uh, is for Foley, um, who is the host of a new podcast on audible for Sesame street called the Sesame street podcast with Foley and friends. And so it's, uh, her podcast and, um, She brings on all of her friends from Sesame Street to interact and talk about all sorts of things that um, especially preschool kids, but kids of, you know, young kids um, uh, would like to to hear and talk about. And if your kids are looking for a break from some screen time, um, but you still want to keep them entertained, this is a great option. Or if you're in the car, this is also a really great option for car trips. Um, There's shorter episodes, only about between like 15 and 18 minutes long. They're very, very sweet. Uh, So if you haven't checked that out, um, go to Audible and uh, check that out there's 15 episodes and we recorded them all in the basement of the springville center for the art space during a residency um while we were here in springville and so that was like in the midst of everything else happening but um it was also a shining light uh, for me because that was one of my dreams is to like work for sesame street and i've gotten to do a couple of things here or there but this is the biggest opportunity i've had with them and you know i'm just so thankful um so you should check it out out. it's super awesome
1: that is so cool <laughs> we'll definitely have links to all that stuff in the in the show notes Thank um you. and before we run out of time now that i could talk to you guys all day um i want to do our five question time at the end oh, yeah. um oh, get ready
2: chat. get ready Jack. okay right, light, so, lightning run okay all right
1: here we go all Need to be like a super lightning round but it could if you want to okay <laughs> <laughs> the first one is tell me about an experience that shaped who you are today
2: Which one? I mean,
1: (laughs) this one in particular where like after that one moment, you're like, damn, everything is different. Aside from March
2: 17th. (laughs) Um, I mean, we we learned we learned so many lessons our first year. I have a a detailed, thick journal of our first year working together uh, as puppeteers. And one of the, I think that the best stories, because we're always looking for stories in podcasts, right? So uh, I will tell you a story. I don't think we've told this on our podcast at all. So uh the, the perm disaster story
3: no don't tell that story no
2: no well now i have to no you don't yeah we do no why not oh my god i want to know it's a learning moment
3: <laughs> i don't know so I, it's an i don't mm-hmm.
2: so this th- th- this taught us a lot of things but mm. i'm sure as as business people as independent business people you've learned this too you have your own disaster story everybody everybody gets one <laughs> so perm di- so uh we had just started working together it's not bad it's not bad at all it's uh, not wait, a bad story which it's a good story.
3: story are you telling
2: the one the the men the the, the men praying okay. story okay
3: okay that part, right.
2: that disaster
3: okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't
0: know which
2: one you're thinking about uh so so we got a gig it was our first we've only been performing together for a few months and we decided one year we were excuse me we got a gig at for our first ever birthday party show uh, in the basement of a synagogue it went super well we did not tell the client it was our first time ever performing that show mm-hmm. or <laughs> getting paid for performing any any of the things but it went super well Uh, because you can never, never tell people it's your first time, right? You just just go through with confidence. And she said, Oh, wow, you guys should come back and uh, do a perm show. You guys would do awesome. A hand puppet perm. We're like, yeah, we're going to build it. We booked it. Right. Uh, We also at the same time got a request because then we started to put on our website, okay, we got a perm show. Perm's coming soon. All right, here it is. We got a couple months to prepare for perm. I think literally two months. Uh, So, we got an email from a caterer who's saying, hey, we're having a perm party. I'm a caterer for it. I will hire you guys. Come on in and perform your perm show. We said, great. Awesome. Where is it? It's in this fancy uh, building on the Upper West Side. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. So the the first gig did not turn out. Turn, did not turn out. We had a like I, I, at that time I was not including the day of the week and the date in my emails with clients and that that totally bit everybody in the butt because they were like, I oh, no, no. know. It, it's it. I get this phone call saying like, hey, where are you guys? You're supposed to be performing right now. And I said, no, 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 no. We said the 17th. And she's like, oh, I meant Sunday. The it, it was the it was the day before. Whatever. Anyway, that didn't turn out. So we go to the second one booked by the caterer the next day and we get there. And so, number one, Never, (laughs) never go into a gig um, without having spoken to the birthday mom or the person in charge. Uh, Never go through a third party ever uh, was the lesson because we're like, where's the caterer? Where's the guy who is supposed to pay us? Well, you can go through a third party,
3: but you have to then have contact with the person who it's for. Yeah. 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 So
2: so we show up to the right address, Mm -hmm. to the right place. We're in the spot and nobody knows us. Nobody knows what we do. We're looking for our contact the caterer. It's nobody nowhere, nowhere to be found. We decide just decide to set up because we're like we're there, sure. Why not? And we talk to somebody who is mostly in charge, and we and everybody kind of figures it out. Then we're supposed to perform. We're waiting. We we'll wait. We wait like at least like thirty minutes to perform.
3: Waiting. In our stage, like the, that, we have a puppet uh, stage that we have set up, and we are standing inside the puppet stage.
2: We're we're hiding, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, the, haven't ta- haven't spoken to the caterer. Don't know where he is. But this is an event. It's like a small event. Purim is kind of like Jewish Halloween, where all the kids dress up. Uh, this is an amazing story of Purim, and we were putting on our own special version of that story. It's traditional mm-hmm. for for Jews to do. The the retelling of the story in fun ways.
3: And we had been told it was a very small room. So we decided to not bring our microphone and our speaker because it's more stuff to carry on the subway. Also, this is our first year performing. We learned so much that year.
2: Yeah. So that that was another <laughs> huge mistake was was even though we we knew it was a small room, we left that stuff at home. We yeah. should have just brought it. And then if we needed it and not used
3: it if we we wouldn't have
2: used it right but it wouldn't have saved us uh, quite honestly so <laughs> So there's kids everywhere, they're in costume, there's very questionable thing happening with some of the adults. So uh, that I will not mention at this time, but we were shocked at some of the behavior happening. And not it the was, only time. It the was not were our
3: vibe. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that it was not our vibe. Yeah. It was it and, and it was all a little chaotic, which always parties are, and we're happy to be a part of that kind of energy most of the time. So then it was finally time for us to perform.
2: Finally time. Okay. And so we we've got the music person to stop playing their music loudly we got the kids it's a very echoey space uh to sit down mm-hmm. we're like okay this is it we're gonna do this puppet show for you guys awesome and the the mom in charge alpha mom comes over and is like wait a second um Actually, there's there's a bit of an issue because uh, the men are going to start praying. Is that going to be a problem? And we're like, no, that's fine. Because I grew up Episcopalian. Like, oh, people pray all. I mean, you can pray anywhere, right? It's not a big deal. (laughs) We're in this room where where like 15% of the room is kids' toys and us, and then 75% of the room is a tent, like like one of those a big canvas outdoor tents. Uh, For for like 30 people set up indoors with plastic tables and chairs set up like they're going to have like a banquet, like they're going to eat there.
3: And I'm Jewish and Chad is not Jewish, (laughs) but I was raised like we would go to temple a couple times a year. We lit some Hanukkah candles. Here's some latkes. Love you. Love you. Um, And that's it. Like, uh, so yeah, I didn't have a clue and Chad definitely didn't have a clue. I
2: have no idea Mm -hmm. what what to expect. Mm -mm. I knew that some people were wearing wigs, but I didn't at that time know why. Uh,
3: (laughs) There there were a lot of things we didn't know and now we do know and now we're very much entrenched in the Jewish culture of New York City. Absolutely. And
2: some of our favorite people (laughs) that book us often are are very orthodox, I would say. Yes, we we love all of the
3: factions of the Jews of New York City (laughs) and they love us. This was our first Purim show.
2: this is trial by fire. We got burned. So, <laughs> so as we start to do the intro to our show, to the 15 kids who are sitting very nicely on the floor, the men start to come in. And these are Orthodox Jewish men. So they got the full thing. They got the uh, the curls and the hair, uh, mm-hmm. long beards. Some mm-hmm. of them, they're all wearing uh, black and white. I, the uh,
3: They're traditional.
2: Traditional Jewish garb. When you think mm-hmm. of like, the caricature of like a Jewish person, uh, mm-hmm. they're wearing all of the stuff. Yes. Which the, the name's. Yeah. Uh, Stuff I actually uh, forget, uh,
3: but sure. But but anyway, so you can visualize it. (laughs) They come in, and then we're like, "Great, they're going to go pray," and we're thinking, like, praying, like quiet praying. No, no, no. It was like loud chanting, praying right next to where we were. (laughs) Right next,
2: full volume, thirty men praying together in Hebrew, super loud in this tiny space with us trying to tell the kids, okay, all right now the story perm we're gonna put on this puppet show, with no okay? Mics. But don't, but you got to be quiet. You got to stay seated.
3: No, no, it was a mess. Just a mess. And then finally, at one point, the mom, we started the show, we, we
2: started the show and we go, we start doing the show. And this is like a show that I wrote oh, uh, that I, I thought would be good. So, it, it, uh, so we're like, we
3: rewrote the show after this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I could tell the show was bombing, not just because the kids <laughs> couldn't hear, but because I was trying to write a story for a culture that I knew little about. So yeah, there's all is. sorts Smack of
3: bad <laughs> situations <laughs> happening all at once. So
2: the men are praying super loud. The kids can't hear us. And then at some point, because at this point, we were still performing on our knees with our hands above our heads. We can't see the audience. No, we, didn't, we didn't have did, a we scrim. Did, we have changed that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can see the full view of the audience. We are even though we're still hidden up. So anyway. At one point, Alpha Mom sticks her head into the back of the
3: room. <laughs> <her> Alpha Mom. <laughs> what was I
2: supposed to call her? She was the woman in charge. The woman in charge. Sticks her head in and says, the kids aren't paying attention. Nobody can hear you.
3: I think it's time to wrap it up. That's is right. What I she think said. it's time to wrap it up. I think it's time to wrap it up. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> because it was such a disaster. <laughs> and we basically just went, the end.
2: That's right. And then-, <laughs> and then we got up and no one was looking or paying attention. And I kind of felt relieved. Uh, and then we started to. And then to we f- left. Wait, no, 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 because no? we still hadn't gotten paid. God.
3: Oh my god! So like the ongoing. You're situation. breaking
2: down the stage, and I'm looking for our contact, and I'm going onto the website on my phone, being like, "Please, can there be a picture of this caterer so I can figure out who he is?" <laughs> Finally, we asked the per- the woman in charge hey have you seen so and so and she's like oh yeah yeah they're over there let let me get them and he comes over and uh and it was like embarrassing like hey thanks for having us oh yeah didn't work out well all right um yeah (laughs) finally, finally he hands us a wad of cash and we get out of there, and on we the didn't way- <laughs> speak
3: on the subway on the way home. We did not speak to each other. We just sat with all of our gear, staring straight ahead, not speaking. I think we got home, and I was like, "We're never doing that show ever again." No,
2: but th- thankfully, we hadn't any any other bookings, mm-hmm. and thankfully, we didn't have we we actually didn't uh, perform it at like the first gig that just fell through. It was like, "Thank goodness that mm-hmm. didn't work out." We would have embarrassed ourselves a little bit. Uh, so. the perm disaster story we learned so many things all at once yeah right and then the next year perm we did a different show we knocked it out of the park we always brought our sound equipment and we knew what questions to ask everybody gets one disaster we learned
3: a lot more about our audience yes like we just learned a lot so i guess so (laughs) chad got the first question there you go okay it was a long answer sorry jonna that's
1: fine uh okay number two when you feel defeated or overcome, what do you tell yourself to keep going?
3: Uh, well, hmm, it depends. But um, uh, there's a lot of things that happen in my brain. Um, it's mostly like. All right, come on, here we go. Or even like lately, I've been trying to get better about responding to emails in a more timely manner, or responding in the way that I would want to be responded to, because I I don't like writing, and so um, and then when I do write, it's um, I I always have this feeling of like I'm not. Um, I'm not saying it the way that I would want to, or maybe it's not going to be interpreted in the way that I need it to be, and then therefore you get I get stunted by this like lack of perfection, and then it, the email never gets written and it never gets sent, and then people think I don't love them. So um, I, lately, it's been uh, it doesn't have to be perfect; it just has to get done. <laughs> and um, but but for from for day to day, it's um, get out of bed. <laughs> Get out of bed. That's the hardest thing in the morning for me. Sometimes, is um, is starting the day, and then once I get momentum going, then it's like easier. But the beginnings, beginning is hard for me.
1: I hear that. Yeah, last year I, I. It's funny because I always try to like. Keep a planner and keep a journal and and I can always tell when I'm getting like too stressed and too overwhelmed because that's the first thing to go right out the window is like actually having a plan for what I'm doing. And last October 2019, I started doing this habit tracker and one of the things that I was like, I want to start had a habit of not looking at my phone until I have coffee. And I was so good at it last year and now it's just like I wake up and I'm like, yeah. I'm going to do some scrolling before I get up. It's like, uh, no, I'm not going to get up and I'm not going to get the coffee. And until I can hear the kids like breaking stuff in the other room, I'm like, all right, I guess I should get up now.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I guess if I was to boil it down, it would be um, just start. Just start.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Um, Okay, number three it's kind of goes along with number one but it was tell me about a way you overcame a failure or a mistake and what you learned from it
3: oh i feel like we answered that well (laughs) we
2: we 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 talked about the mistake but getting getting over was was uh always always learn like all the time every Mm -hmm. every single audience for us is a way to learn more about like yourself or how you perform the show every time we do the show is a chance to perfect it in some way or get it better or if you make a mistake sometimes mistakes are the best ways to figure out something new to like to put something like to to imbue something with new life is to make a mistake and kind of figure your way around it or like oh man that totally didn't work but oh man maybe i'll try this instead Mm -hmm. so sometimes making a mistake is the best way to to kind of like uh to to love, love what you do, continue to love what you do, because otherwise you're just a, a machine. Right.
3: It, um, and It means you're trying things. Right. I mean, like the best uh, way to learn is by making mistakes, um, but then getting better and learning from them. So we've learned yeah. a lot. Um, so so yeah. th- there's
2: this old joke about uh, every puppeteer has one show that they perform for 50 years. Right. Which is which is true. That's true. And it's true for us, too. But we're constantly evolving and constantly getting better. And uh, I was saying this earlier in the pandemic, but like even if you take like baby steps every single day towards your goal, even if your goal seems insurmountable, you know, like just take one little step each day, you know, like we'll learn one new thing, try one new thing. Mm-hmm. And like eventually you will get there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I had I had a guy on the show a couple of weeks ago who's a, a hypnotist from the UK. And he does, he has like a stage hypnotism show. And he was talking about how when he first wanted to start doing magic and doing hypnotism and doing shows and stuff like that, he was a little kid and he totally froze up and was like, "I, I know how to do these tricks, but like, couldn't do them if there was a bunch of people there. And so he started thinking about it as baby steps, but like up a ladder so mm-hmm. it's like the first baby step, you really only have to go up one step. And then like, once you're already up that one step, it's just like another one step. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. that, the whole ladder doesn't, you know, like looking at all at, at the giant ladder at once is really overwhelming. But once you, once you are on the second step, then the third step doesn't look so bad. Cause it's really still just one little step. And yeah. I like that. I like that when the shows link together like that, when people kind of talk about similar things, but in different ways. It's, I love these five questions. It's always so interesting to hear people's stories and, and how people answer them. Some people are like really existential in their answers and other people are like, oh, I, I got to drink coffee every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it's just funny. Oh, man. Okay. Number four, what one trait or habit is most responsible for
3: keeping you on track? Oh, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Teamwork. Oh, okay. Teamwork. Teamwork.
2: We got to balance each other out. We have different strengths. Mm We do different things. That's
3: true. I wouldn't,
2: we, neither of us would be in this place, especially our business, uh, if it wasn't for both of us working together Mm -hmm. because both, because I can't do, I freeze up sometimes when it comes to things and, and, you know.
3: I like to brainstorm. I'm yeah. the brainstorm person. There is a storm constantly happening in here, always. And so yeah. I i am um, sure you understand, have many ideas. I, I you want ideas. I got ideas. I will give you ideas for days, days. Um, but then it's the execution. And so he's quite good at execution and uh, figuring out what's possible and what's not possible. And um,
2: and, and I like yeah. to write.
3: Oh yeah, he likes that part. <laughs>
2: and Z, Z is really good at talking to people and caring about people.
3: I yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and other
2: things too, and building.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm, that's right, and having like uh, like a really good head on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were like you were kind of like the glue that that keeps like our family units all all working and running. You were like the you were the glue that keeps us together, and the WD forty that keeps us you know kind of running.
3: <laughs> but as far as like what. What the, the question was asking, like, what is the thing that is um, that helps you keep going? Right. Like, yeah, that, like
1: keeps you on track, you know, like keep some a habit that you have every day or every week, like something that you, you know, like make sure to always do that because it keeps you sane or whatever.
3: I'm trying to develop that right now. Honestly, um, I just got myself a, um, a planner. I was inspired by the bullet journal movement but i felt like it was too much i got overwhelmed by the uh, by by the organization of it all so i but i did buy um a cute um uh, journal with some disney princesses on it and i've been enjoying making time for myself and this is just for the last 3 days so check in in a month and a half and we'll see if i'm actually still doing this but for 3 days so far um i've been getting some things done and um like trying to wake up at the same time each morning. And that's been helpful. So um, okay, good for you. Yeah. See, I'm trying to,
2: I, I, I've been noticing be
3: better. So yeah. um, he's,
2: he's trying to get a morning routine, which is tough if you're not a morning person. No,
3: it's the worst, but I know that it's the right thing to do. That's the thing is it's like, mm-hmm. you can know things that are the right choice, but then actually doing it is sometimes the hardest. So I'm really trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not a
1: morning person at all. And, I'm pretty sure that all of my kids' classmates have seen me in my fluffy pink robe with my bed hair (laughs) in the background. and Zoom. like, care not, drink my coffee. Like
3: both Chad and his dad wake up super early. And so like lately they've been seeing me up early-ish and they're like, good morning. And I don't like to talk in the morning until I absolutely have to. So I just wave they smile
2: you know spe- speaking of fluffy pink robes on zoom let me tell you because i've done so many uh sh- zoom shows uh i've seen kids trains to pick up a sheet and hold it over the camera so that their parents can change like it it is a thing the parents is like i'm doing something i don't want people to cover the camera whoever you like little kid and the kids just be like nah, okay I was surprised the first time I saw it because there was some partial nudity happening in the background. The kids were like, "Uh, "Okay, whatever. It's like, wow, it's such a routine for them to hold up the sheet for the camera.
1: You'd think that the parent would like know enough and then move away from the camera.
3: Sometimes you can't. Some places places you you don't have space for that. Like if you're living in a one room apartment or something. Yeah, you don't have the space to do that.
1: I'd be like, at least you got a bathroom door.
3: Oh yeah, I guess I don't know, or I, unless I it's occupied. I don't know, I don't I mean, know the situation. I'm yeah. not judging.
2: I just thought it was just like, oh, well all right, here we go.
3: Yeah. I have a friend of mine when when her
1: kid first started doing virtual school, who thought the iPad wasn't working and like brought it into the bathroom to ask her how to fix it, and she was like, "It's working." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting. <laughs> but. Um, okay. Number five, Q five, <laughs> what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? And what advice would you give other people?
3: I got this one. I got this one. It's from, um, well, maybe we both have advice, but this is the one that I always go to the fir- first, it's from my puppet teacher, Bart Rocco Burton, um, uh, from Yukon. And I, uh, came into school. Um, my first year was the hardest because I, I felt very, um, in over my head i was in grad school um, uh, amongst uh like four or five other um people who were extremely accomplished and here i was some like computer theater-ish kid who kind of just got in and i mean like i know that they saw promise in me and i know that there was a reason that they said yes but i had no background in puppetry and so i was definitely like holy moly, what is happening? Like I'm in over my head. All these people are super experienced. And I had, um, I tried my hardest, especially in marionette class, which was extremely challenging to learn how to carve wood and then perform these things. And my first marionette, um, I had left it on my desk that night and gone home and went to sleep. And when I came in in the morning, there was a note from Bart and it said, keep going. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> and I've kept that note ever since because you know he was he he was right um that you can't just stop, you have to keep going, and even when it's feeling like things are, aren't working, then you just change the direction. You know, you try something else, but you can't just stop and be stymied by the frustration or whatever it is that's making you have a gray rain cloud. And I, you know, I struggle with my own personal gray rain cloud sometimes. And, um, and I think that because it's such a simple phrase for me, that it becomes a bit of a mantra in my head um, just to keep going. So that's for me. What is your. Yay. What's that's, your that's
2: great. That's yeah. very inspirational.
3: <laughs> oh, These are so
0: cute. Aw.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she said we're cute.
1: <laughs> I'm applauding the both of you for not hating each other by this point in the pandemic. Um, uh,
2: no, we learn. We, we, I think like, you know, when you, when you're stuck together in an elevator mm-hmm. with somebody, you know, even if you uh, were annoyed by them in some way, you come out with greater understanding. I feel like we, you know, we came, we're coming out of this way stronger and knowing a lot more about each other. Mm-hmm. And in just being in each other's business all the time, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, like our, our relationship is, is super solid mm-hmm. and uh, I'm really happy about that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also we've been giving each other space, too. And that's what's nice about the house is like there's like little space, like spaces, tiny hideouts. Um, and our apartment also had tiny hideouts, but you always kind of <laughs> know what everybody is doing all the time because it is so small. Um, whereas here there are doors, there's a lot more doors. Um, but uh, you know, uh, I think that, um, everybody and our kids included, uh, deserve, um, a big, uh, hug and thank you at the end of this for just like making it this far. And, um, we uh, we're recording this on New Year's Eve. I don't know when it will be released, but it feels quite auspicious, and so um, we're hopeful for a really bright um, 2021, and to be able to return back to our New York City home uh, then. So
2: you just reminded me I got to go build that fire.
3: Yeah, that's our tradition. Yeah, the New Year's Eve bonfire. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no idea what we're gonna do. I saw this thing the other day that was just like. I haven't decided what I'm going to wear to New York City City in the living room. I'm not even sure if I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) go. Nice. So yeah, the pandemic has been really eye-opening for me. Like you were talking about processing your trauma with it. And I think the pandemic has been forcing me to process a lot of trauma from like way, way back in my life and like generational trauma and like my mother's life and all sorts of stuff like that. So it's it's been weird for me to like, When I, when the way that I grew up, my, my parents were married to other people when I was born. So I've always been part of three different families. So I lived at my mom's house five days a week. And then I lived at my, my legal dad's house two days a week or a day and a night. And then at my other dad's house for a day and a night. And I never really realized how having three different families, like three different houses and, and that. I wasn't around any of my family members a hundred percent of the time, uh, until I got together with Brian and it, you know, before the pandemic, when I was still like free to move about in the world and like be extroverted with people, it wasn't as a parent, but now that I can't do that, um, it makes me really crazy to be around the same people a hundred percent of the time. Like I, it's difficult for me not to just like physically run away and be like, I have to go live in somebody else's house for a little while or something like <laughs> It's been a lot of just thinking about how our childhoods were so different and how it has made us very different people as adults. Um, And so I've been kind of struggling with a lot of that kind of stuff in my own head. And he's like, why don't you want to hang out with us? I'm like, I (laughs) got to go. Word. So it's been interesting. So it's it's nice to see other perspectives of people who are like, it's cool. We figured it out.
2: (laughs) I mean, I feel like you have to. You know, or you just go insane. So there, there's really no option. You have to. <laughs> if you've been putting off things in your relationship, like he's kicking that can down the road. It's like, well, the can has come home to roost.
3: Yeah. Seriously. Or something <laughs> or something. But, yeah. Every
1: show I try to think of like what I would pick as Every the title time. or something like that. And or what's what's like a kind of a standalone quote that sort of comes out of it, and we're like the can has come home to roost. It's like, (laughs) like (laughs) oh man. So we could talk all day, but I don't have all day because my childcare. So can you tell everyone where they can find you guys on the interwebs?
2: Yeah. So we're, our company's is Wonderspark Puppets. You can go to wondersparkpuppets.com to see uh, video and photos of all of our cute puppets in action. Uh, we also run a podcast, weekly podcast uh, that we record at Sundays at nine PM Eastern Standard Time called the Puppet Parent Podcast. And that's over at puppetparentpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can find those MP3s wherever you find your MP3s, but also over at the website.
1: Cool. You guys
3: are on Facebook and Instagram. Oh, yeah. We yeah. do a lot of stuff on Facebook <laughs> and um, so Wonderspark Puppets on Facebook and Instagram and uh, I think Twitter, we do and exist no, there. No,
2: I mean, te- I mean te- technically, we, we're not on TikTok because <laughs> because uh, we we want the the people who we want to find our parents. So,
3: <laughs> we we're, haven't invested the, the time into TikTok yet. We're so.
2: not on on the on any place where young people hang out because they're not right.
1: yet. We we the, parents. the parents are on Facebook and the parents that's are true. on Pinterest. You should be on
3: TikTok. Yeah, Pinterest. That's, yes. right. That's, that's right. That's true. Right,
2: well, thank you so much, <laughs> Jana. Thank you. Thank, thank you for
3: being on Bye
1: bye so good to see you guys and uh, so yeah you've been on the reach the stars podcast i've been your host john willoughby lore and z and Chet,
3: yesterday Yes today was willby's birthday it's alice's birthday yes you're right now she's the same age as me that's right cousins his cousin <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm. i love this show
3: you know like most people like
1: they think their show has to be like so you know professional and perfect i'm like no totally give me a show where there's like a kid chilling in it i love it <laughs> yeah we'll see you next week bye everybody Bye, bye. Bye-bye. single interaction has the power to change your life forever This is a place for the stories of those moments. Stories of pursuing dreams, overcoming tragedy and failure, of coming back to life after so much of what feels like dying, of continuing on with only a vision as a map. This is the place where those moments live on. Come sit by the fire, look up at the stars, and be forever changed too.
0: Thank you for being with us on the Reach the Stars podcast. Our theme music is generously provided by Biro You can find him on Bandcamp.com. Thank you to all of our current patrons, guests, and everyone else who helps make this dream a reality. We are so proud to be building this amazing community with all of you. If you love this podcast, please consider sharing with a friend, leaving a review on iTunes, and becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash reach the stars. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the videos of these conversations. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, do something cool and tell us about it.